Praise the Lord, everybody. Yes, indeed. Praise the Lord. Because we got a good, good father. Not, not good, good, good father. When we say it double, that means it's really, really, really beyond average, above average daddy, right? Yeah, I give honor to the men that uh, help to keep me grounded in my faith. And that's every single one of you in this room right now. Um, one that is not here at this moment is our dear Pastor Don. I know that usually he's looking at the live stream, so I definitely give him honor for the work of his hands and his heart and the benefit of us being able to have a place where hope has an address because he believed, like his brother believed, that God had a plan for their life. Amen? Amen. And um, I want to get right into my text this morning. If you would um, open your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 14, please. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First, then Second Kings. There we go. Everybody got it? Still see pages being flipped. That's okay. All right. I'm going to read um, verses 1 to 14 for my sermon today. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he says, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now as the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was. That when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elijah, asked, what may I do for you before I am taking away from you? And Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked the hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be. 
Then it happened as they continued and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. I'm going to stop right there for a second. And um, I was uh, out the other day to get something to eat, and I eat fast food. Shamelessly eat fast food. And I went to a restaurant that I like to go to called McDonald's around my way, we call it Mickey D's. And under those golden arches I went and I asked for something that was old school but I didn't know. I made my order and when they gave me my order, before the order came, I said to the cashier, I said, could you supersize that for me? And she's like, what you talking about, you on large? I was like, no, like supersize it. And one of the older ladies says, oh, no, we don't do that anymore. I found out that they stopped supersizing your food in 2004. And, and what supersizing was was that you could go there and you can order, but they had another level that if you just pay a little bit more, they'll give you, like, bonus fries, right? So I used to always, I couldn't wait to say, supersize my fries. I want it supersized, right? That, that, that was the main thing that you get supersized, your fries and your, your shake or your drink. Supersize it. They, I don't know how much more it was, but for a little bit, you sure did get a whole lot more. And I went and I was disappointed that I could not get my fries supersized. So I went to Burger King. Now, no. <laughs> 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 but in our text, it tells us about a young man named Elijah, and that's what the, 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 the topic that I'm going to preach from and bring into your hearing is to supersize my prize. That is the name of this sermon, supersize my prize. We see Elisha, a man hungry for all God could give him, and he was willing to pay the price to get more. My assignment is to illuminate what it took for Elisha to obtain the double portion that he asked for. What we learn from him applies to our own lives as well because the mantle of ministry in these days rests upon you and me. If we're going to be as effective, then we too need the power of God's spirit. We need to ask God. To super fry, super, su I'm thinking fries, <laughs> supersize our holy prize. Amen? Amen. Now, Elijah, what he did was three things that I'm going to point out is that he made a spiritual request. He manifested a steadfast resolve. And then he managed a sovereign response. And the first thing I want to talk about is that he made a spiritual request. The content of his request that he asked to receive a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Now, the request that he made was not for twice the power that rested on Elijah. The request was to be recognized as Elijah's replacement. 
It was common for the firstborn children of that day to receive a double portion of their father's estate. And Elijah was asking for the rights of the firstborn. He was asking that the same spirit that had empowered the ministry of this great man of God be given to him as well. What kind of spirit was he asking for? I believe he was asking for a spirit of faith. I believe he was asking for a spirit of obedience. I believe he was asking for a spirit of courage. All of these things were exemplified in the ministry of the prophet Elijah. Elijah sincerely wanted to take over where Elijah would leave off. He wanted to be the next prophet of Israel. The character of his request is what really got to me as I started to read this. Elijah is told that he has asked a hard thing. When we look at verse 10, it says, you have asked a hard thing. In other words, it was beyond the power of Elijah to grant such a request. Only God could rise up prophets and give positions of power and influence. On the surface, Elijah's request, when I looked at it for many, many years, I looked at it, and it seemed just a little bit selfish. Give me more. Make me better. That's what I thought he was asking for. I want to be greater than you. I, I seen it from that perspective, and as Pastor Paul was talking about a little bit, the change of perspective can change your trajectory and also change your relationship. Even though what, what, what he was doing and what, what I saw is that, that what he was asking was, actually so humble in its nature. Elijah knows that Israel still needs a man of God to deliver the word of God and to do the work of God. He also knows that if he is to be that man, that he needs power that he does not possess. He needs the power of God working in him and through him if he's to accomplish the ministry that he is asking the Lord for. Where does that catch us? You see, listen, Elijah wasn't asking for power, wealth, or position. He was asking to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Because of the constant danger of being a dedicated, outspoken man of God during the rule of the house of Omri and Ahab, the man of God was asking for divine power to accomplish the will of God in his life. This request was not made out of pride. It was made out of necessity. Tell your neighbor that was a necessity. Don't worry, you'll get it before I, I finish this. Now, 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 the character, I want to talk about the con condition of his request. Elijah tells Elisha that if he is with him until he is taken out of this world, then he will have the thing for which he is asking. And the idea here is that this blessing can be his, but Elisha had to remain faithful till the end. If there was ever a day when we needed people with a heart like Elijah's, it's the day that we live in right now. People who are determined to stick to it to the end. When will we learn that we will never be able to do what the Lord has saved us and called us to do without his power? Somebody say power. For too long, we have tried to operate in the machinery of human wisdom and our own strength and our own power. 
And as a result, we have lost the power of God that made being in Christ remarkable. A.W. Tozer commented, commented that without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, listen, 95% of what the early church did would have ceased. 95% of what the early church did during the time and the work of the first apostles would have ceased if the Holy Spirit had not been active and activated. But listen to what he compares that to. He went on to say that if the spirit were removed today, 95% of what we do in our modern houses of faith would continue unhindered. Saying that there's a good portion of what we do that is done in our own strength, in our own power. My friends, we need to seek the Lord for spiritual power in these days. We don't need to get concerned about numbers. We don't need to be concerned about becoming seeker friendly. We don't need to get caught up in the many debates that are engaging the hearts and minds of us church folks. What we need to do is carry out the, the command that is written in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28. That that says, oh, I'm sorry, 5 and 18, because I didn't want to say that. <laughs> we need to carry out the command that says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Tell your neighbor, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, 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 filled with the Spirit sometimes is taking in the improper context, meaning that when you're filled with the Spirit, that there's these external things that kind of go on that really you would only do during a service in church. The filling of the Spirit that he is talking about here specifically and in comparative to being under the influence of alcohol is we can tell when somebody is inebriated or under the influence of alcohol. We can tell by the way they slow their speed and they breathage and stuff and the way they, they can't talk and say, had practice. <laughs> we can tell that they are what? Not in control. <laughs> they don't lost it. And what Paul was saying to the Ephesian church is that just as we can recognize when a person is under the influence of drink, that those that are filled or under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we should be able to recognize because there's going to be something different about the way they're talking, something different about the way they're standing, something different about the way they're moving that lets us know that they are not under control of themselves. There is something guiding them, something motivating them, something moving them, and they just drunk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Under the influence. How do you know that you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Yes, it's good when we get together and we have the atmosphere of joy in the spirit. But the greater evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is how you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Because you can jump around the church all Sunday long and leave here with a heart of unforgiveness. And somebody in the church will say, that person sure is filled with the Holy Ghost. But what about that person that you are backbiting and gossiping about? Is that like more, it's more important that you jump around in the church, but yet not have that influence of godliness that you take into your personal relationships with others that is actually your witness? If there was a day that I need to be filled with and influenced by God's Holy Spirit, it is this day and time. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to get before the Lord and request an impartation of his power and his glory in these days. If we are to get the job done, we must have him. We need him. His power more than we need crowds, more than we need money, more than we need buildings, or any of the any things we hold so dear. Tell your neighbor, we need God. Tell them three times. We need, tell, they missed the first time. We, we need God. The, the, the kind of blessing and power does not come upon the uncommitted. Did you hear what I'm saying? This power and this blessing, it does not come upon the uncommitted heart. It is reserved for those who will pay the price in prayer, sanctification, and holiness before the Lord. Prayer, sanctification, and holiness intentionally before the Lord. Our sister was saying, you don't know who you are. You have authority. You have the authority to go before God in prayer, boldly come to the throne of grace where you may obtain mercy. You have the authority to call on God so you can walk in holiness, separatism, sanctification, setting yourself aside, setting yourself apart. There's certain things that if you're going to be an athlete, you just can't do. If you want to be a pro, right? It, it, there's things you must got to practice and stuff like that. But am I right or wrong? There are certain things that because that is your trajectory, that is your goal, that you can't do if you want that. So if we want the power of God, and how many of you want the power of God in your life? C come on, don't lie. We, all, we want the power of God in our life. But are we willing to pay the price? I know Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. But because he bought us the authority, we need to pay the price of sacrificing the things that work against what he gave us. Therefore, giving it all away. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. Amen. If you're willing to go all the way with the Lord, he will bless your life with power for his glory. Is there anyone here who would get before God and seek his touch and his power in their lives? Is it, 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 it isn't about pride to ask God to fill you with his spirit to use for his glory. For me, it's about survival. 
I'm not going to make it without him. We just finished seeing an influx of some people who tried on their own strength. A few years ago, I was one of them. I'm a witness. You can't do godly stuff in human strength. You don't, that's not enough power. I don't know how amperages work and stuff, but there's a certain amount of voltage necessary for certain things to work. And if you don't give it enough voltage, you will not have enough power for it to function, right? If we try to function within the fleshliness of our own experiences, the fleshliness of our own intelligences, if we only try to operate into the as much as me as I can give, I will run out of self before I even start to do the work that requires God's power and nothing else can do it. Nothing else can do it. No, no, did you? Nothing else can do it the future demands the future of this ministry the future of the church the future of you and your family as an individual the future of the work of God upon this land in these times and in these days whatever you want to call them last or end we need God's spirit to fill his people. We need the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of obedience and courage that rested on Elijah to be placed within us. It would do us well to remember that all those great men of God that we venerate from the past are gone. The mantle has been passed to you and me. If it's going to be, it's going to be you and me. We're responsible for serving the Lord for ourselves in these days. We need God, not the stories about what he did for someone else. We need him to supersize his spirit in us individually today. We need to have the kind of desire that the old church had. The old church, we used to do shut in, lock in. And our church was so radical that we wouldn't even bring pillows. Ain't no sleeping. We staying up all night and we going to push. We going to pray until something happens. Yes, we are. You remember that? Yes. Show, call the shutter today. See who show up. <laughs> is, is, is you going to videotape it? We going to do that on Zoom? <laughs> you mean come to the church and stay all night and pray yeah yeah I'm not saying that a shorter prayer would not have been effective I was just saying that they desired to get God to answer to the point that they were willing to sacrifice sleep and show God how gully they was about their request. You dig what I'm saying? 
Yeah, that's that's what the dedication of that was. We're willing. This is what we're going to bring. We're going to bring everything. We're going to bring what's precious to us. Sleep is precious to us, right? We're going to we're going to we're going to sacrifice the sleep. We're going to we're going to we're going to fast for 3 days, 40 days, 10 days. We're going to deny ourselves so that when we come before you, God, you see our desire. You just see our desire. And we hope that the desire doesn't move your hand or move your heart, just shows you how much we appreciate that we can come to you and make a request on our behalf. Amen? Amen? You see, from, from uh, he, he manifested, he made a spiritual request, and then he manifested a steady resolve. Let me tell you how. From the time it came apparent that Elijah was leaving until the moment he left and Elijah received this blessing, several trials crossed his way that attempted to hinder him. However, Elisha chose to remain focused on obtaining the supersized portion. Verses 3 to 5, if you were to look at them with me, I want to tell you that the opposition did not shake his resolve. At every turn, it says that the sons of the prophets asked Elijah the same question. Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy hand today? In other words, why are you still following that old man? They tried to talk him out of his resolve. Here's a note to you. If you decide that you are going to go after God until you obtain the double portion, you have better watch out. All around you, there will be people who will do their best to talk you out of it. I don't know why the brethren be hating. Why are you so bothered or offended when someone progresses further in the favor of God than you have? I don't know why, but you can be sure that the attack and the opposition will happen as you go for the supersized prize of God. But the Bible says that if God before you, who can be against you? That a thousand will fall at thy left and ten thousand at thy right hand, but none shall come by name. As a matter of fact, if you really want want to move forward in the things of God just expect a hater section in your life just reserve seats for them there leave them some water treat them nice they are proof that you are working on things on the other side of the line it's it's proof if you're doing something and there ain't no haters around you probably need to check and make sure because haters come when God is at work all the time I remember Nehemiah was building a wall and haters came out of nowhere it wasn't even their wall they didn't have nothing to do with the wall and here comes um Tobias and somebody else. yeah you say it again Yes, Sam Ballot and Tobias come along and just raising all kind of because they were doing something. Do you ever recognize in your life that anytime you make up your mind to pray a little bit more, something happens? Huh? That wouldn't have happened before? You can stay up all night and, and binge watch your favorite TV show. Won't even get sleepy. But if you decide that you're going to read a chapter of your Bible, doesn't this spirit of slumber? That's from hell. Everybody recognize, but recognize that's from hell. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's from hell. And we have to recognize why now? Why not while I'm watching my favorite TV show? Why as I'm trying to press in to get God to supersize the anointing in me, does this opposition come? Because opposition is meant to stop you from grabbing hold of that which God has in store for you. Your job is not to be stopped. Opposition didn't shake his resolve, but here's one that caught me and probably will if it hasn't already catch you. Opportunities did not shake his resolve. Every time they passed through a city, Elijah attempted to get Elisha to stay. This wasn't an effort for him to, you know, to hinder Elijah's progress, but it was designed to test his resolve. Each of the places held a special place in the heart of the Jewish people and would be very comfortable for Elisha to stop and to settle down. I did a little bit of research and Gilgal was the place of beginnings where the Israelites first celebrated Passover in the promised land. Bethel was the place of dreams. It was here that Jacob met God and dreamed of angels ascending and descending up and down a ladder in and out of heaven. Jericho was a place of past victories. It was here that Israel had its first military victory in the promised land. And Jordan was considered the place of death. That river represented the boundary for the promised land. To cross it meant to enter into death. You know those old hymn songs, crossing over the river. That's moving from here. into yeah, the, Those songs. It was a formidable barrier that few would ever want to cross. We too, brothers and sisters here, we find ourselves at these same places in our walk with the Lord. Far too many believers have spent their entire Christian lives at Gilgal. They never grow, and they never leave the place of beginnings. Some of us go as far as Bethel, catch the vision of God's great work that must be done. They see the needs, they feel the tug, but they never get past the place of dreaming about what they might do. They never take the next step of making those dreams and visions realities. They're satisfied just talking about it. Still others hold on to their Jerichos. They live in the victories of yesterday. They remember what happened back then, forgetting that the same God who blessed them is desiring not to bless them then, but to bless them now. Sometimes as I'm working with people to help them to set uh, a, 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 a vision or a vision casting, I'll call it, or goal setting, one of the things that I see that hinders them the most is that they keep on looking at what they did. Well, I used to do that. Like in a now conversation, what they use to support who they are now is because of what they did then. I'm saying, yeah, but what are you going to do today? <laughs> that, that, that victory is over. Right. That 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 got you here is not going to get you there. That was for that. It's time to move forward into the new thing that God is doing. It's time to look for a greater victory that that prepared you for. Because, see, God stays the same, but he moves us through time and time changes things. Amen. 
Amen. And we need to let go. I know we talk about letting go of the past and we usually put it in its negative connotation to leave those negative things that happened in the past because they hinder your presence and stop you from moving forward or the momentum for your future. But just as those negative things hold you back, those positive good things can hold you back too. Because what happens is you get comfortable with that level of success and you no longer pursue greater. Somebody say greater. And God's got greater for you. So say, I want mine supersized. Yeah, if you want to move past the mediocrity and stop being mired in the mediocre, you're going to have to move for the prize of getting supersized. And it's going to cost you just a little bit more. Not much more, just a little bit more. You know what I noticed? That the little extra effort that it takes to be successful in any area of my life is not as much as it looks like. You ever look at a horse race and the winner wins by a nose? Now, the prize for the first place winner, let's say, is $100,000, right? The second place winner gets about, what, $25,000 or something like that? Does it mean that the first place winner was three times as good as the second place one? How much better was he? Just the nose. Just the nose better. Yeah, yeah, just the nose better. A runner in the race, the same thing. Sometimes it is so close that they have to go to the seconds and see which one crossed over at the, it was the, the prize is almost twice as much for the first place winner. Was he twice as good? How much more was he? Millisecond better. But we never find out because we resist stepping into the race. We resist running with all we have because we think we don't have what we need to really, really make a big accomplishment happen. And you know why? Because it's the truth. We don't. Not when it comes to doing things for the Lord. We can't. You should believe that. But that shouldn't lead you to not trying. What it needs you to do is to get the power because the power to do it is available. The strength to do it is available, but it's not in you. That's why you can't find it here. It is in the Lord. Yes, it is in the Lord. It is why he did not let the disciples go out and start evangelizing, laying hands and casting out demons and stuff. He said, no, 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 no. Go wait in that room. Until I send you the promised, because you're going to need power. After you receive the power, we see little, little, little Peter who ran from the little girl and sat by the fire with the enemies stand up amongst all of Israel and say, no, we're not drunk like you suppose. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he went on to talk about the prophecy and the first number was added to the church by that boldness that came upon him because when he tried to operate in the flesh that made him think that he loved God with as much as was needed and he found that he was wanting what when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, there was no more fear in him because God had not given him a spirit of fear or timidity. Hallelujah. You want to get moving? Get moving in the spirit of God. Get moving in the spirit of God. Ask God to fill you afresh with the Holy Ghost that you can feel the power of God to overcome self so that we can move forward selflessly in order to do the work of the cross on earth. Amen.
Amen. Notice out of all of those prophecies that were available that only Elijah had enough faith to cross the river with Elijah. It was Elisha who received the double portion. Don't allow the opportunities to settle down along the way to your destiny to hinder your progress. But by faith, proceed with God and watch him supersize your prize. Amen. But the obstacles that were there also, there were the opposition, the opportunities, and I looked at the obstacles. I like keeping letters going and stuff. But that, even though the obstacles, even Elijah seemed to be an obstacle to Elijah's process. After all, three times, didn't it? It was three times in the text, I think. He said, tell him, stay behind. But he said, no, uh-uh, this ain't that. <laughs> I'm not settling, in other words. That's what I want to say. I am not going to settle. I'm getting the whole prize and nothing less than the prize. Amen. If I pay for you to supersize, don't bring me no regulars. I paid for extra. And I ain't leaving until I get it. Where's the manager? <laughs> I don't care if it's only two more fries. It's mine. <laughs> I paid. I paid for it. <laughs> He did not want to miss the blessing. Even the Jordan was no obstacle to this man of faith. After all, if Elijah was going to pass over the Jordan, then just so was Elisha. Amen. Whatever means his master would use would be the means he himself would use to cross the stream. When you resolve to go with God, be forewarned that obstacles will cross your path. Can I get an amen? Remember that they that do that are there because God has permitted them in your life. He's permitted those obstacles to be there. They are actually part of the process. Those obstacles are not there to hinder you, but to help you. They are not there to make you bitter. They are there to make you better. Getting through the obstacle is what gets you to the place that you are going. They are, the, if it's, it's perspective of how we look at them. Amen? The, these obstacles, they will test your resolve, but they are God's responsibility. When Elijah and Elisha arrive at the banks of the Jordan, Elijah flexed his faith and God parted the waters. Elisha got in on a miracle because he did not back away from the obstacle. If God has put a resolve within your heart to go with him, then let nothing short of death keep you from going with him all the way. If he has called you, then just put your foot down in it and say, Lord, supersize my prize. He managed a sovereign response because he would not be discouraged. Elijah got to partake in a supernatural event. Elijah watched Elijah's miracle. Because he remained with Elijah, Elisha got to see the man of God taken into heaven alive. Elisha got to wear Elijah's mantle because he stayed by the man of God. He was given Elisha's mantle. This mantle was made of a sheepskin garment, but it was the tangible sign that Elijah's ministry had been handed down to Elijah. In other words, because he refused to get waylaid, distracted, or sidetracked, Elisha got exactly what he asked for. He inherited the ministry of his master. 
Those who pay the price to stay with the Lord and to go with him through every difficulty and every obstacle will see him do the unexplainable time and time and time again. Those who choose the easy route never get to see God's best happen. Never get to see it happen. If you want to see the glory and the power of God manifested and displayed before your eyes, brothers and sisters here, then don't back up. Don't turn around. Just stay with God and hold on. Be vigilant and be relentless. We know how to do that. We know how to do that real good for other things. What If we had the same attitude we do in this walk and our desire to just quit so fast as soon as things get hard, we wouldn't have made good drug addicts. I've walked miles to get mine. I was willing. No, who got in my way? My mother ain't getting my way. Lack of money. Not in my way. There was no resource that I was going to make unavailable because I had to have it. Where did that come from? You think the crack made it happen? You think the alcohol made it happen? No, it's already in us. We are some of the most determined people on the planet. We are some of the most, what's the word, with creative people on the planet. Think of all the schemes you come up, came up with. Think of all the lies you were able to come up with that were so truthful that you believed it. You gave yourself money back. You, uh, <laughs> and all you did was make up your mind that you was going to get your, if you only just turn it around and point it in the direction of fulfilling the will of God and desiring him more than crack, more than heroin, more than alcohol, more than money, more than riches, more than anything else. That same desire, that same motivation, that say it will become empowered by the Holy Spirit. There will be nothing too hard for you in God. No weapon that is formed against you will be able to prosper. You will see it formed, but it won't have the effect that it was planned to do. I guarantee you today, my brothers and sisters, that if we were to walk with Elijah, when Elijah returned to the banks of the Jordan, he knew that the mantle and the ministry of Elijah had passed to him. Now he in faith calls on the same God who had worked through Elijah to work through him. He calls upon the God who answers by fire, stops and starts the rain, feeds his servant by the ravens, multiplies the meal and the oil, raises the dead, is powerful enough to shake the mountains with the wind and to rend them with the earthquake. He speaks to his children in a still small voice. That is the God Elijah was calling upon and he got the answer he was seeking. And just that they had for Elijah, the muddy rushing waters of the Jordan parted for Elijah. He had obtained the double portion. His prize had been supersized. The God of Elijah is still in power today. He is still moving in 
great ways to accomplish his will in the world. He still feeds his children, moves their mountains, answers by fire, and works wonders in the heart that cannot be fathomed. He is the, still the same God who has always been. He is the same God who always was. And he is the same God who always will be. He still has all power in his hands, in heaven, and in earth. He is still talking, but are we listening? God from heaven in his spirit told me to ask you, can you hear me now? Not yesterday, today, for your life now. Supersize my prize. Say, Lord, supersize. May open me up. I remember him talking in Isaiah, and this is what he said. He said, Go out, O Baron, start to sing right now, and go and start to extend the, the, the dimensions of your tent, because I'm about to bless you real, real good. Go ahead out and build a bigger garage because I'm about to fill it to overflowing. Go ahead and extend way beyond your measures because what I'm about to give you is going to be super sized. Amen? And if you are willing today to just ask God from the bottom of your heart, Lord, I'm tired with mediocre living. I'm tired of just getting by. I'm tired of these small portions of grace, small portions of obedience, small portions of humility. I want a bigger portion. I want a bigger slice of your holiness. I want to walk with the kind of power that gives me the confidence that I never have to turn back. I never have to turn around. The enemy will never treat me like that again. Why? Because he's going to see a supersized me coming down the street now. Not little bitty wincing. No, no, no. The power of the Holy Spirit standing in me before him threatening his kingdom is where we want to be and we can. It's available. You just got to ask for it and pay the price. In Jesus' name, amen.